Welcome to Thinking Like a Lawyer with your hosts, Ellie Mistal and Joe Patrice, talking about legal news and pop culture, all while thinking like a lawyer, here on Legal Talk Network. Hello, welcome to another edition of Thinking Like a Lawyer. I'm Joe Patrice from Above the Law, and with me, as always, my lovely co-host, Ellie Mistal. We're in our office office, not our fishbowl office today. That's true. We are in a different room. The acoustics sound different. If you hear typing in the background, that's, yep, that's what it is. It's not actually me with my soundboard this time. That was real typing. I'm just happy that we're doing this from work and I'm not at home. You know why? Because there are skunks at my office, which is not what I can say about my house. Wow. This is what I'm pissed about this week. Wildlife? Westchester Wildlife. Okay. So it turns out, and this has been true for two summers now. This is, the, this is the second consecutive summer. It turns out that my yard is some kind of triumvirate battleground between three, not two, three warring squirrels. And they fight it out at, you know, two o'clock in the morning on my property. They sound like raccoons. They smell like skunks because they're freaking skunks. Wait, uh, okay, yeah. I and like you said they were squirrels a second ago. No, skunks. No, I've got three oh. skunks. Well, that's much worse than squirrels. Yes. Yeah. Squirrels are like whatever. The skunks, so they'll fight in my yard at two o'clock in the morning. And like if I'm, you know, finishing up or taking out the, like just the skunk smell then like permeates my office because my office is right next to, my mm. office windows are, are right next to my yard. And I have this happening like two or three nights a week, almost all last summer, and so far, twice since the weather got nice. Wow. I have a baby bunny. What am I supposed to do about this? Yeah. Like, I'm a liberal. I'm, you know, I'm not a PETA liberal, but, like, it's not in my political nature to, you know, to buy a, an AR-15 and do what needs to be done. Wow. So what am I supposed to do? You just live in a world that is entirely of your own creation, isn't it? Um, <laughs> Yeah, no, um, the right answer, I'm now going to be like, what is it? What was his name? Jack Hanna, the wildlife <laughs> expert. And I'll, I'll play Jack Hanna here for you so that you can fix this problem. First thing you got to do is you go down to like a Sherman Williams, Sherman Williams or something like that. And you get some white paint. And you paint it on a black cat. And then they'll just follow that. I've learned this over years of watching cartoons. They will chase that cat thinking it's a squirrel. You know, there was a long period of time where you were talking mm. where I actually thought you were going to help me. I know. I know. That was the best part because the look on your face, which unfortunately everyone listening can't see. Oh, the look on your face was great, though. You were so lit up with joy that I was going to provide you an answer. Yeah. I mean, I, I think there are pest control areas, places that will trap and release those things into the appropriate wild, which is not, in fact, Westchester. I mean, the, the only the only positive is that they do work as like a, a as a disciplinary tactic for the children. Oh, you know, yeah. Like, if you don't do what I say, I'm going to send you outside with the skunks. And that occasionally increases the speed at which they get into the bath or, or whatever. Wow. So they work as a boogeyman. Oh, okay. I remember reading that in the, like, the Dr. Spock books. I'm not joking. I, I threaten the children with skunks. I try to use whatever I have to make bath time work. All right. That's not what our uh, topic is, is today, though. No, but it's something almost as entertaining. Uh, we're going to talk about law schools and law school rankings. 
So that's what we're going to talk about. I mean, first, though, we would be remiss without noting that we have a sponsor, again, as usual. Major is it the Orkin Man? It is not, though I think you did a good job of trying to get us some new sponsorship. No, this, again, is Major Lindsay in Africa. Whether you're looking to advance your legal career or grow your legal team, Major Lindsay in Africa can help you navigate the legal landscape. With more than 35 years of experience in legal recruiting, Major Lindsay helps law firms and legal departments thrive in today's ever-changing market and matches lawyers and legal professionals with opportunities where they can flourish. Learn more at mlaglobal.com. Remember that, everybody, because we're going to want you to make the most of your legal career. So anyway, so what are we talking about today? Law school rankings. Ding, 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 ding. Um, Notice how I'm, I'm, I'm able to make sounds without a goddamn board? I mean, okay. So we'll let everyone else guess which of those two was uh, better. <laughs> so with that, yeah, no, we're, we're talking about law school rankings. Obviously, there's the U.S. news rankings that everybody reads because U.S. news is no longer a news organization. It's a ranking organization. But those rankings are always, there's more than a few things wrong with them, one of which is they're a year wrong always. So today we have with us uh, Brian Dalton, the um, Above the Law and Breaking Media Director of Research. He is the numbers person behind our rankings. Welcome, Brian. Thanks, guys. Glad to be here, of course. I'm always particularly proud of our rankings because I feel like our rankings are, you know, as we've done them for over five years now. This is the sixth version. Our rankings are outcome determinative. While U.S. News or Princeton Review or other places that you go to they look at a lot of inputs. What's the LSAT score? What's the GPA of the entering class? We look kind of exclusively at the outputs. What kind of jobs are people getting? What's their overall employment score? How much debt are they graduating with? Kind of how expensive the school is. So we look at these kind of outcome determinative factors. And I feel like that makes our rankings unique. However, well, Ryan... Ellie, that, I think that's a pretty fair summary and a pretty complete summary. But I'll just add that we're the only folks that engage in the law school ranking game that use the freshest, most recent 2017, in the case of this year, ABA employment data. All others, most notably, of course, U.S. News, rely on data that's a year old. It's almost like you're saying that those rankings kind of smell like they've been sprayed by a skunk. Wow. We're going to keep... Again, those are your words. It's really bad at my house, yeah. However, despite all of this new freshness and new hotness, right. our rankings are, you know, not all that different. No, of course not. And, and this is, that's not to say that uh, the U.S. news rankings are not extremely useful and actually are a accurate picture of a certain way of looking at the law school's hierarchy. Of course they are. But, you know, we depart sort of philosophically, ideologically from them on a couple of fronts. And one is we are going to focus on outcomes. What we mean by outcomes is jobs, right? And we think of jobs in a couple of different ways, and they make up the bulk of our rankings formula. On the one hand, we run something called a, an employment score, which is long-term, full-time, bar passage required jobs. What percentage of your graduates land positions that can be so defined? So my Full job wouldn't stop. count. Your job is probably under mushier conceptual frameworks, <laughs> maybe a JD advantage type position, but <laughs> we disregard JD advantage. Look, we obviously have to concede or acknowledge that all kinds of law school graduates are doing all kinds of interesting and rewarding things out in all different kinds of fields. 
And it's not like those jobs shouldn't count. It's that they can't really be counted. There's no meaningful mm. apples to apples way to count them. There's no way to really define them. We all de- we have to depend on self-reporting. We have to make all kinds of sort of judgments that we're really not in a position to make. So let's keep it simple. Long-term, full-time, bar passage required, full stop. And we don't find the arguments against an approach like that very persuasive. And that's what the, you used the term earlier, JD advantage. For anybody who doesn't know what that is, that's a, I'll be cynical, that's a marketing technique that law schools use to discuss all the people who were unable to get full-time, long-term, bar passage required jobs, but ended up being a personnel manager at a Starbucks and saying, well, you know, they wouldn't have gotten that management position without a JD. They were advantaged that way. So it's a marketing ploy for these law schools to pawn off some folks who weren't able to get into the legal profession. Right. There are definitely a lot of like other legal commentators and judges who think that my job is akin to being a barista at a Starbucks. So I'm with you there. (laughs) We don't charge $7 for anything we do. Well, right. (laughs) I was going to go with, luckily, we don't call the cops if you're just sitting in our office. Yeah. Brian, yeah. I, I was going to ask, one of the things that U.S. News has going for it is that every year, I know which law school to go to, right? Because right. U.S. News tells me every year, I'm supposed to go to Yale. Right. And failing that, I should go to Harvard and Stanford. Right. And that's that's always what you're shooting for. Right. Our rankings, this, is, this year, you said it's our sixth year. It's like, what, our fourth? Fifth different number one law school. Sure, sure. What's uh, up with that? It's a fair. It's, it's a it's a fair point. And if you do look at the number one slot in our rankings, we've had four number ones. And by the way, we haven't even like sort of buried the lead. Chicago is the number one school this year for the first time in 2018. Other schools that have been number one include Harvard, Stanford, and then Yale three times. And so Chicago, that's that's the Chicago campus of University of Illinois, or <laughs> uh, is it? I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's the venerable University of Chicago of uh, renown in certain circles. <laughs> First school to offer a JD, University oh, of Chicago. Really? Yep. That okay. was a trivia question on our website. If you read our website, you would know that. Sorry, yeah, I was making coffee. No, no. Yeah. Yeah, I, I know <laughs> you were running from skunks. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, so fourth different number one. Right, and so that, and that, it, that might suggest a certain kind of volatility and flakiness about the outcome of our formula. But if you if you take a little bit of a step back, you'll see that those four schools are always sort of clustered around the top. And that since we've been doing this over the past six years, we've had 14 different schools that have been in our top 10. And that, which that's pretty stable. It's not as kind of carved on a stone tablet as the USN T14, nor would we want it that way, really. And then if you take another step back and look at the whole universe of 50, because of course we confine our rankings to 50 schools because arguably even that's a stretch because we only want to be concerned with national schools, schools where either, you know, have a, have a reach in terms of employment prospects beyond their local market and or schools from which students who aren't necessarily at the top of their class still have a legitimate shot at at securing a decent uh, employment outcome. And this year, the turnover in the top 50 was seven schools. So seven schools left, seven schools came in. So we feel like that's, that's sort of a desirable level of continuity and stability with also the ability to reward schools for excellent performance year over year in terms of the jobs at their grad score. That rewards point, I think, is important because I think when we say well, how reliable are rankings that are moving around a lot? Well, part of it is rewarding people, right? When 
you have a ranking system based on the outcomes, when it's based on placing people in jobs, when it's placed on doing better on the bar exam, having schools change their ranking because they're performing better is actually important. Right. The only way to game our rankings yeah, is to do better. Is to do better. Yeah, but if you really start to look at our rankings, and look, again, I'm, I'm generally proud of this work, but if you look at our top three this year, we've got what? We've got Chicago, we've got UVA, yeah. and we've got Duke Law School in the top three. Yale Law School ranks number seven. Sure. If I told a young student, a young college graduate, that they should go to UVA over Yale, they'd have a right to punch me in the face. Sure. I, right? I, so, I would like to see that, actually. That would be hilarious. But we're very careful and very thoughtful, I think, about the way that we frame this. This is just one bit of information out there in the great marketplace of ideas. And we all know that if you get into Yale, you really ought to go to Yale. Yeah. Yale rate is an outlier and that it raises all kinds of problems methodologically in terms of ranking it because a lot of the sort of nuances and eccentricities and really a lot of the uh, amazing qualities that that institution has aren't really capturable by what is essentially a reductionist ordinal list by definition. And, and one that's legal-based, right? Like yeah. It, Exactly. You Chicago graduates going to go on to work in a full-time, long-term bar passage rate job, or, you know, if somebody in a bad school might go to a quote-unquote JD Advantage job, which is the aforementioned barista. But at Yale, they might be going to a JD Advantage job like foreign minister of right. a Central American country. Or they, they really are the proverbial McKinsey consultant with a, just, with a freshly minted JD or something. Which yeah, you hear editor a lot about. of Above the Law, for instance. They could, from Yale, you can do that. Yeah. <laughs> we actually Yale law grads were at one point wildly overrepresented <laughs> in like the 12 full-time employees that we had at Breaking Media. But Yale, Yale is a special case. And I mean, on one hand, it's also we're, so small. We're right? almost it, well, it, it is. But then if you really look, Chicago's smaller and Stanford's smaller. So True. you think of Yale as this tiny little operation, but it's really there's equivalent schools in its tier. So those small changes in proportion have kind of an outsized effect, sure, in terms of the metrics that we use. But I mean, I, I like a joke that a, an acquaintance of mine said that you relayed to me that we sh really should have a aspect of our formula where it's just a, a yes or no question at the top. Are you Yale? <laughs> yes or no? And then if it's yes, you get 100 points. And if it's no, it's zero points. And then we just go from the rest of it there in terms of the, the various uh, components. And that would... That would address the Yale question, the Yale problem, but uh, we just never got around to doing that. Do you think that we're seeing a bit of a uh, Trump effect in our rankings this year? I look uh, at our top and I see, <laughs> yeah, I see Chicago, I see I, Virginia, I see, I, I, I see people who are going to get jobs as clerks sure. um, by mean, judges that Trump appoints. You mean Chicago, that school that Barack Obama taught at? Yeah. yeah, yeah, as opposed, yeah. Of, uh, <laughs> as opposed to Harvard, that school that he graduated from. Look, I, 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 yeah, I thirty years ago is really interesting. Yeah, I was a little bit. I, I mean, I was, I was genuinely impressed and a little awestruck by your ability to tease out a Trumpian kind of angle <laughs> to these rankings. Because I certainly myself, I had not considered that at all. That that top three cluster probably leans a little right in the scheme of things. But I mean, and and that would be reflected in the political affiliations of the federal judges who are taking students on as graduates and yada, yada. But the truth is the clerkships that are reflected in our current set of rankings 
the wheels would have already been turning for those before our great national calamity of 2016. So you may be right, but we haven't seen it yet. Well, that's something to look forward to. Sure. Brian, who sticks out? We're, we've been focusing on the top because I'm sure. an elitist prick, but what? Right. I mean, sure. Um, You've ranked 50 schools. Um, who? Give me a school or two that does better than people would expect. And well, I'll tell you sort of a category of schools that I'm gladdened to see perform really well using our approach. And these are the large public state schools in the South, in the Midwest, roughly speaking about the Big Ten and the SEC. So if you look at Georgia, you look at Alabama, Illinois, Iowa, Ohio State, Minnesota, Wisconsin, the list is longer than I'm even saying here, but all of those schools perform better in our approach than they do in the U.S. news uh, approach or, or any other that you come across. And I think that this really flexes that these schools offer really good value, really good outcomes for their students, and that they're really underserved by approaches that depend on kind of reputation or prestige survey. So that, that's something I'd like to highlight. That's a good point. I mean, like it, the Southern schools, we talk a lot, Joe and I, um, when we do these this, our decision podcasts, about how like if you know you where you want to work, then there is no reason to pay you know, out-of-state private school tuition if you know you want to work in Georgia. Georgia is right the hell there. If you want to be a lawyer in Atlanta, Georgia's probably offering you a very good deal as opposed and, and to... And an unbeatable network. Right. And, and a reasonable cost and a good school, so... Who's crappy? Who's crappier than we think? Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know who gets, gets kind of hit hard by our approach because we use a cost-of-living factor are large urban schools. NYU gets hurt. Columbia gets hurt. My alma mater, Fordham, just falls out of the top 50. They come in and out every year. Um, are they in or out this year? I forgot. They are out this year. They're out this year. They're always right on the bubble. They were like 48 last year. but And it's just that's just strictly a cost of living thing that that hurts in our approach. But obviously, NYU and Columbia are great schools and, and um, other city schools that might not perform as well as they do on more kind of qualitative surveying they don't perform as well. And yet Chicago. And yet Chicago, right. Yeah. Yeah. Because of Trump. Um, no, like I, <laughs> I, I, well, I'll tell you, the Chicago thing, because the thing is, we can pretty much explain movements. Right. And a rule of thumb that I have is if it's a 5% change year over year in one of the employment data points, that usually translates into movement. And for Chicago, their big law placement, which is a big part of the equation, went up 11% which is, in this scheme of things, quite significant. And their clerkship numbers went up, I think, around 5%. So those two things combined explain the whole um, yeah. the whole thing. I mean, to what extent, I mean, I'm, I'm not positive about that, but to what extent the raises a couple of years ago might have had on, since those hit markets outside of just New York and D.C., historically, those sorts of raise, top dollar was only paid out here, to the extent that they're being paid in the Midwest, were those Midwest firms hiring more people locally then? Or I would have thought it would have had the opposite effect mm. that you're sort of uh, Jones Day in Cleveland or Baker Hospital. I would have, they've been less inclined to take on more associates. So I, I, oh. I would have guessed the opposite effect. Or maybe that they're taking, I'm saying maybe that they might be more, they, eh, yeah, no, I just wondering if maybe it was a sign. I mean, because we've been trying to explain why somebody would pay more in these markets that aren't quite as elite. And sure. some of the reason is there's more business in those markets. And if there's more business in Chicago now than we thought, that might be a reason why more Chicago grads are getting gigs. I don't know. Another reason could be just that there's more competition in those markets. And, and yeah. 
and certainly a school, Midwestern schools, Big Ten schools placing very well suggests that there is a lot of legal work to go around. I meant in my head um, west of the Hudson. I was going to say met west of the Mississippi to try to be, I don't know. And I certainly see a lot man. of Texas schools doing well on this list too. Yeah, they do. SMU, Baylor, Texas, they're all clocking in, which yep. that's a... It's weird because I don't really know what an energy lawyer is supposed to do anymore since there are no regulations anymore. I matter. Mean, but that's like, the issue. That whole area is just... Uh, is what do you just, need your lawyer for? I mean, to like but, handle your prenup? I mean, but energy law has okay. Anyway, anyway, as anybody who may not know as much about the legal industry or be similar to what Ellie was saying, the point is, <laughs> energy law is while a very valuable practice area in Houston, is not necessarily the entirety of the Texas legal market, which is booming on kind of all scores all right scores, now. Sure. Because software companies are there. Everyone's there now. All the plaintiffs work there. It's the, the, all the, yeah, all the plaintiffs work. God help us all. Well, these rankings depress me, but <laughs> I still think it's really good work. Amy, please. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks so much, Brian. Thanks, okay. fellas. Carry cool. on. Yeah. So uh, there we go. Quick little rundown on the rankings. Why? Now, you're depressed mostly because your school doesn't uh, perform as hyperinflatedly well here. Is that the issue? You always want to stand for your alma mater. Yeah. Um, I mean, mine, I, I fully <laughs> accept his argument. It just costs too much, which uh, is true. Right. There's obviously a little bit of that. One of the things that I think our rankings are starting to sh are showing is that the legal market is moving. And if you look at our last episode about salary raises, I mean, like mm -hmm. the, the, the new normal, the, the market has been the way it's been from about the recession until, let's say, two years ago. Yeah. Right. But that new normal seems to be giving way to yet another new situation. I think that's starting this. I think that's what you saw last week with uh, salary raises. I think that's what you're seeing here with our rankings. Um, that the legal market is is shifting and changing. Yeah. And so, still trying to figure out how and whether or not it's shifting and changing in a good way. Fair enough. So anyway, thanks everybody for listening. Uh, thanks Brian for joining us. He's already had to run, but thanking him anyway. Thanks for listening. Always be subscribing to this podcast, giving it reviews, giving it stars, writing things that helps it move up the podcast ratings. Readabovethelaw.com, as you should be anyway. Follow us on Twitter. I'm at Joseph Patrice. He's at L-E-N-Y-C. And listen to the rest of the Legal Talk Network's offerings, too. You can get the Legal Talk Network app and get access to all of them. Actual skunks, not we. Yeah. Okay. With that, uh, we'll talk to you next time. Peace. If you'd like more information about what you've heard today, please visit LegalTalkNetwork.com. You can also find us at AboveTheLaw.com, ATLRedline.com, iTunes, RSS, Twitter, and Facebook. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer.